When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello there and welcome to Thank the Maker, a podcast about heroes, princesses, scoundrels, hokey religions, ancient weapons, and all things Star Wars. I'm your host, Adam Russell. Hey, everybody. I'm your host, Ryan Key. Hey there, world. I'm also your host, Nick Enberry. And we have a special guest, someone who I haven't seen or talked to in like over 10 years. Old friends. Amy Allen. Ayla Sakura from episodes two and three in the Star Wars universe. What's up? Welcome. Another real life Star Wars actress on the show. Amazing. We're killing it. (laughs) So proud of us. I mean, thanks for helping us kill it, Amy. Oh my gosh. Thanks Thanks for having me. This is cool. Like I said, I've kind of been out of the loop a little bit. So it's, it's always fun to talk about and, you know, revisit that time. And there's lots of memories. So thanks for having me. Awesome. Thanks for being here. Well, we try not to make this an interview style podcast. Like, so tell us about your time on start, on set, but any fun stuff you want to share voluntarily throughout, feel free. Okay. For sure. Yeah. So for context, Amy's husband and I met, uh, God, in 2003 or four, I guess, on tour. Her husband, Chris Hesse, plays drums in Hoobastank, and we were on tour with Linkin Park at the time and kind of just rode down pretty quickly. He's just a chill dude, and we got along. And shortly after, I don't know when you guys started dating exactly, but I remember him telling me, like, dude, so I'm dating this girl who was in Star Wars? I'm not really that into Star Wars, but that's pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) The funny part about that is I grew up with Chris's bandmates. So Dan, his guitar player, and I graduated high school together. And then Doug, who's their singer, was a year ahead of me. We started out in middle school together. So we all, I knew those guys, but... Chris had moved from Northern California and I met him through another high school mutual friend that was, you know, we were all kind of in the same group, sort of. So we met, I think, 2004, and he might not still have a lot of clues about Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, when I texted him asking if he would be down to be on the podcast, you know, because a lot of our guests so far have been other people from bands. So I was like, if you want to hang on the podcast as well, that'd be super fun. He's like, "Uh, you know. I mean, I watch them now because of our kids, but I don't think I'm the dude. He may be somebody who needs to listen to the podcast to learn a little bit Totally. Yes. yes, we'll do this for him. Yeah, it's, this is a family thing. That's funny. So, and then 2007, you know, somewhere around there, when I moved to L.A., I went to Star Wars Celebration, I guess that year, and texted him like, dude, you aren't maybe still dating that girl and you aren't maybe in Anaheim right now or, or at the convention center, or whatever. He's like, yeah, totally. I'm here. Yeah. And then, you know, we met up and hung yeah, and then yeah. you guys are getting married and then you're having kids and now your kids are grown as hell and we're all old. Yeah. No, we're old. <laughs> Apparently they're performing Hamilton in the front yard as we speak. <laughs> yeah. It's totally taken over the whole cul-de-sac, which is cool. Amazing. Yeah, it is. It's good for them. When we were young, we played Star Wars in the cul-de-sac. Now kids play Hamilton. Right. Yep. <laughs> so speaking of being young, do you have an early or even your first Star Wars memory. You know, we're about the same age, so contextually similar. It's so interesting because 
Growing up, my dad, one of the first movies he introduced me to was actually American Graffiti. Oh, awesome. And my brother was definitely really into Star Wars as a kid. But when I went to college, I went to San Francisco State and I got a degree in film and I knew where I wanted to go. Like I knew I wanted to work for Lucasfilm or ILM or in some capacity I had to get in there. But I was like, how is that going to (laughs) happen? But it's just interesting that what kicked off my sort of wanting to work for him was my dad introducing me to American Graffiti because my dad built cars and I grew up around going to car shows every Sunday and going to the races and all that stuff. So it it was, it's just funny, the irony there, you know? Yeah. And then my roommate who also grew up with me down here in Southern California, she got a job in the art department at ILM. So that's how I got in. Nice. Yeah. So Amy, you were saying that you knew someone at ILM and that was your like introduction to kind of that whole world. Now that we know you, can you get us in? (laughs) right that's how it works right it was a really cool place to work i mean i was super young just out of college they hired me and i knew nothing i mean i was like as green as you could be and they hired me as a pa and i somehow i lasted didn't get fired good job so you're a pa in the visual effects department right Uh, yeah yeah so i actually worked when i started there they put me in the office of chrissy england who was the vp and she I want to say she started working for George when she was like 18 or 19. Like, I think she was really young, if I recall. She had been with him for a really long time. So here I was in her office every day, fielding calls from all sorts of people. It was pretty wild. So when you got the role, you were still a PA at the time? They call you like a floater, kind of. They put you in whatever show is going on at ILM at the time that needs extra help. But then Star Wars, everybody had come back from being gone in Sydney the woman who would eventually become my boss, Julie. So she was gone on location down there, came back. And then we started doing stuff for episode two. And I was kind of a last minute addition. Julie, who was the production manager, came back from a meeting one day with a photocopy of Ayla Secura from a comic book and put it on my desk and was like, mm-hmm. you want to do this? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> so it kind of just all, it's my my friend Julie, who's my friend to this day too. Like she's, left visual effects. Now she's an interior designer. And we all, we have this whole gang of us from ILM that are still, I mean, we still talk and have these big group texts and jokes. And it was a really fun time. That's awesome. It, yeah. it sounds like same vibes as like being on tour. You know, I have like group texts with people that I haven't yeah. seen in 10 years, but are, you know, they're like family. Yeah. We don't see each other, but we, ha- we used to have a big paging system there. So everybody still remembers everybody's number. Like, so there's always just funny texts and inside jokes and gross stuff that goes back and forth amongst (laughs) old work friends. That's awesome. Think about the prequels were being made at the end of pagers and the beginning of sprint flip phones. Yeah. (laughs) Like that was on set. It was like Nextels and those silver sprint flips with like the bubbly thing on the bottom. That's crazy. It's crazy to think about. I think I had a red Nokia. Nice. I bet Nextels were big on on sets, on movie sets for the walkie-talkie thing. I don't remember. Because by the time I got to working, like when I sort of went back into like my normal job, I worked in production and I worked for a producer. I had a BlackBerry. Yeah, oh, word, yeah. yeah. We just sat there and BBMs like crazy. Yeah, those were the days. I, I the love next tell walkie talkies were like the bridge between like the normal flip phone to the BlackBerry. Yeah. At least I don't know. We all had those walkie talkies on, on Warp Tour. It was like bus to bus, like boop boop <laughs> all day with other bands. I was bands. gonna say, were you guys ever BlackBerry people? We I were feel oh, like I was fully. Yeah. Were you? Okay. Yeah. I never I never had one. As a typical <laughs> mid two thousands band dude. I was a Blackberry one day and a sidekick the next day, yeah. a, yeah. palm, a, a palm, whatever they called those things, the next yeah. day. Like, 
but the BlackBerry was was the best one. Like anytime I would switch, even I mean, we've we've <laughs> I think we've joked about Sidekick versions before on the show, but anytime I would switch off the BlackBerry, it would be like, nah, that was dumb. Go back to the BlackBerry. <laughs> so the problem was how many Blackberries I had because I would switch, and then by the time I switched back, there was a new one, and I'd of course have to get the new one. <laughs> Phones were so dumb back then. I know. How much Ocean Avenue money went into Blackberries? I don't. I don't know, but I sure would like to have some of it back. <laughs> all my dude, all my first album money went into my Star Wars collection, which is now in a bunch of boxes <laughs> right over there. Oh my god. Young people uh, are so. smart. I have this <sighs> funny conversation with my friend because I think I, I told you out of my cell phone, I've just dropped it so many times and I can't receive incoming calls. I can't make calls. It's a joke. So my girlfriend texted me the other day, is your phone still not working? And I said, it's not. And Chris and I have a printer fax machine attached to our landline because we still have a landline. Love that. We keep it on purposely because every time she calls, I don't pick up. So the fax picks up just to like mess with her. Yeah. And then she sends me like all these emojis of like hucking a fax like off a cliff. And so she sent me a text the other day like I'm baffled in 2020 that your cell phone doesn't work. That you actually have a fax machine. What's wrong with this picture? Like, Dude, just commit and start sending actual faxes to each other. Just go all in. <laughs> totally. It's pretty funny. Oh, that's great. So let's get on to the real topic. This is kind of an extension of last week. So last week we talked about kind of the first order of Star Wars, what order to watch them in if you're showing them to someone. And we actually, oh. I thought of this when you're talking about your kids, the order that you would show them to a kid who's never seen any Star Wars to kind of tell the story in the best way. I, of course, came with the most like convoluted way, like pausing in the middle of one and like watching another and all this crazy shit. This is kind of an extension of that. We're going to actually rank the Star Wars films, our personal rankings. going to do all 11. We'll start at the bottom and end with our favorites. And we'll kind of go in chunks just to make it more conversational. So how about we do threes and maybe Ryan, you kick it off with your bottom three. Kicking it off. 11, 10, and 9. I think this is probably known to anyone who has listened to our podcast. 11, The Phantom Menace. 10, Attack of the Clones. 9, Revenge of the Sith. I'm sorry, Amy. I know. I already... Wait, nope. Don't... You don't... We love it all. We're imagining, as Adam said, a kid watching them for the first time is different from me ranking them at 40 years old. Yeah, and either way, if you were forced to, if you had a gun to your head, no, it's like... Rate your children right now. You would have to give an answer. I'm giving the answer. And it would hurt someone's feeling. <laughs> 11, 10, and 9. Next. Who wants to go next? Nick or Amy? I'll go next just to... There's a, I feel like there's one in here that's going to be shocking. But okay, so number I 11. I think I know. I, I think I know what it is. <laughs> I mean, if you're, if you're a listener, one of these won't be shocking. Okay, so number 11 I have as Attack of the Clones. Number 10 I have The Phantom Menace. And this was even shocking to me. Let me preface this all with, I can't actually write these things down. I'll never come to a conclusion. So I used this little website, which hopefully we'll put in the show notes, that kind of just pits two movies against each other, and you always pick which one you like the most. It's like, so, what did they call it? What What was Mark Zuckerberg's first thing oh, that he yeah. got in trouble uh, for doing? Hot, it was like Hot or Not or something. Face Mash or something yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that. So you'll get to a point where you're just like, well, I love both of them. Which one do I like more? So I actually used this site, and I thought it was really fun, and I went with this list. So... This helped me put a list together. Number 11, Attack of the Clones. Number 10, Phantom Menace. Coming in at number nine, according to this website. Episode four, New Hope. I knew oh, it. Oh, whoa. <laughs> I knew no it. No way. Yeah. All the way down at number it's nine. so far down. I knew it. 
<laughs> Unexpected. Yeah, right. I Unexpected this is. I'm keeping track, by the way, because we're going to score these at the end and see what the, the average is. Okay. Amy, go ahead. Sorry. I don't really, I mean, I feel guilty saying anything about any of them. It's all love. We love them all. You're not saying which ones you don't like. You're just ordering them and how right. much you love. You don't have to like add commentary unless you would like to. And in the spirit of thank the maker, add positive commentary if you have it. So like for me, putting the prequels down at the bottom, which I can say it simply without even like criticizing the films in the fact that it just, they don't have as much of an emotional connection with like my life and the timeline right. of my life. You and, have more of an emotional connection to the other. And right. I think even if those films had been the best three films in the saga, honestly, I don't think I would have as much of a connection as I do to the originals and the sequels Yeah, because I was a young, stupid kid in a band losing my mind at that age when the prequels were, were happening. So Star Wars wasn't even as much of a big focus in my life as it's Same. become in like, like the last decade of my life really yoda has been my godfather he's been like my prophet you know my teacher and it's like i've found it again so the sequels yeah. were huge for me in that way so put them where they get whereas i've tried to think about it when when adam brought up doing this episode of like just rewatchability which ones do i watch the most and in what order would i want to watch them yeah i mean my kids are really into like the beginning like they don't the, the new ones they like but I think that I could see, well, especially with my little boy, he's just absorbing like the originals. Like he just, he's so into it. And I can, you can see he'll shut it off. He'll go in his room. He's got a whole, the Lego, what do you call it? The bases all set up mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's got the encyclopedia open and he's like showing me stuff and teaching me. Like, honestly, he knows infinitely more than I do <laughs> about all of it. But I see what you mean because it's like. It's his formative years. Yeah. It's really impacting him. It's really, it's cool. I think it's testament to those original films that they still impact kids the way they do. They really do. That they hold up like that. I think people debate it, but I think especially for young people, the original trilogy is visually just as stunning and mind-blowing for them as as the new ones are, even with all the technology they have now. I agree. If they had to choose, that's what they would choose. Well, I'm proud of them. (laughs) Yeah. And they've seen, I mean, I took them, The Force Awakens was a big deal because that was the first time I got to really take them. They were like... Five. They might have been a little too young to see it, but it was our experience together as a family to go see Star Wars together. So that was cool. Yeah. But I'm getting off topic. <laughs> no, you're not. No, it's awesome. It's Star Wars podcast. You're talking about Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you said that today, when you told me the topic, I was I went back into 2015 to find all these pictures of my best friend came, her kids. We all, the eight of us piled in our minivan and went and watched it. They made like Ala Secure t-shirts. It was fun. That's what it's all I love about. That. Yeah, it was neat. Um, okay, so... My least favorite? Yeah, from from the bottom up. Phantom. <laughs> it's okay. I know. Phantom Menace? Maybe. <laughs> it's all good. I feel it's like I'm going to get in trouble from the ILM police or something. I'm nah, still... <laughs> we love them all. The Disney police. You can have stormtroopers at your door in like 10 minutes. I know, right? <laughs> She's a Jedi, dude. She can just tell yeah, them Yeah, and that... I think I'm an honorary 501st member, or at least I used to be. Stormtrooper show. She's going to be like, you're not at the right house. Give them the wave of the hand. <laughs> this is not the house you're looking for. Right? <laughs> Um, yeah, I know how people feel about the two that I was in. I have a lot of friends who are into Star Wars and they've made it abundantly clear. But to our point, little kids who saw the two you were in when they were little kids worshipped them. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say, I wish I I could find, I should have had it ready, but I I used to have little girls come to conventions all the time dressed as Ayla Secura. There you go. And like my little girl got to meet a little girl dressed like her, which I have a picture of and it, it was awesome. I'll say it again. That's what it's all about. Just having yeah. this 100%. be a family 
and like generation passing it on to generations it's it's the best thing yeah amy is this, you're skirting around going i mean <laughs> it's funny because for me like i was a pa and i i was going one direction in terms of like i wanted to work in film i wanted to work behind the camera i wanted to work in production which eventually is where i landed when i moved back down to la so it wasn't like a natural for me to have this happen it was like whoa here I am, like one day I'm running around as a young kid in my 20s getting coffee for everybody. And the next day I'm like getting painted blue. <laughs> yeah. It's me and George Lucas. So it was like, I don't know, it was a pretty wild thing to happen. That's wild shit. Yeah. <laughs> for real. And, then it, and then they asked me back for Revenge of the Sith and that was even more so. Because at that time I was yeah. already living back home to LA and it's like, oh my God, I'm, I'm going back. I'm going to be in another Star Wars movie. And it's crazy because, I mean, as you guys know that, I didn't have a speaking role. And the second one, I did, but it didn't make it. Mm, right. But still, it's like, it's pretty mind blowing the impact of the actual character has had. She's For a sure. really cool character. And it's kind of like my friend I mentioned earlier, I think Adam to you in a text, my friend Michonne, who's Aura Singh. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was in episode one for like one shot, right? Two sec- yeah, two seconds, one yeah. shot. Just, but same with her. I mean, she's just. The idea that you got to do it and be involved with something so big. And then the character lives on in animated series and all kinds of other yeah, stuff. Yeah, comic books, all of it. Your action figures. Despite where you rank the films themselves. <laughs> oh boy. So let's do it. Let's rip off the Band-Aid and we'll get, into, uh, we'll get up the list. Uh, at the bottom at 11, you have The Phantom Menace. And then 10, next up from that. <laughs> You're not going to get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, maybe Attack of the Clones. Okay. 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 Am I biting the hand that feeds me and then Revenge of the Sith? Nope. That's no, that's good. I love the new ones. I love, love, love. I've had such a good time with the new ones and my kids, too. So Yeah, see, we'll get there. All right. Got it down. Okay. Awesome. Mine, this is going to surprise some people. So at number 11, I have Attack of the Clones, which I watched today. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Great. Number 10, The Phantom Menace. Number nine, nine out of 11. I, I know, I know it. I see it on your face. Oh boy. You want to predict? Go ahead. Last Jedi. It is the last Jedi. Oh. I knew it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Why? Yeah. There's just something about the other, the remaining eight that resonate with me more. Yeah. That's all it comes down to. I love the last Jedi. There are just things about the other eight that I love more. Yeah, when you really see it, your own list and you're like, what would I do besides maybe move like, I don't I know. know, six and seven, seven and eight? Like, there's nothing that's that far off where I'm like, I need to move 10 all the way up to two. This is crazy. Right. Yeah. I just did it after you said it. And I went, wow, <laughs> whatever I did, whatever my reaction was, I guess I'm going next, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's completely unwarranted, my reaction. Like, just completely wrong. And I, I apologize for sounding judgy or harsh or however that came across because. At number eight, I have The Last Jedi. So what's <laughs> there is. eight, eight, nine? So you're right there. You're basically... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did the same quiz thing, and we'll put this in the show notes, the, the link for the, the face smash, Star Wars <laughs> face smash. I did it too, and it got it exactly right. The, the list I had made on my own, it was exactly right, except for one move. Well, two, two of them were swapped, basically. Mm-hmm. One, one was in a different position than it is. And it the one... That was moved was in position number eight, but I thought about it and I, and I, I think when I was clicking through, I might've been thinking of the weight of the last Jedi versus this other film, which is in this same batch of three. So I'll get to it. The, 
knowledge you gain from The Last Jedi, you know, the the meaning of the film, where it sits in the Skywalker saga. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I don't think that the highlight moments in The Last Jedi, which are why I champion the film to anyone who thinks it's not good, I, I couldn't disagree more. There are so many magical moments in Star Wars in that movie. But I do think there's enough... I'll call it like like album tracks, you know, yeah. to keep it in the spirit of of us being musicians on the podcast. Like there's enough filler in The Last Jedi to where it's B-sides. It, yeah, B-sides where it doesn't rank up in like terms of rewatchability. That said, like the moments that I love though, I could go sit down on the right now and just fast forward to the like heavy moments that I love in The Last Jedi and oh, yeah, Snoke's yeah. throne room. Oh, the throne room scene. Yeah. Boy oh boy. All the force time stuff between Rey and Kylo especially the hand touch kind of stuff and mm-hmm. in the end the, the battle of crate and kylo and luke i mean that all that stuff is like when people hate on that movie i'm just are you were you watching the same movie i was watching it's uh, top notch so anyways that's that's why it, it's at eight though because i do think for me there's just some filler in that movie but it doesn't take away from it being an amazing installment in the saga let's reorient reframe this entire thing yeah we're ranking so-and-so movies at number 11, number 10, whatever, out of 11. But it's actually out of, like, how many millions of other movies in our lives. Right. Yeah. Like, these are at the yeah. top yes. of the stack of all the other crap that exists ever. This is like we cheated and we knew exactly what cards were going on the top. So <laughs> right. you're going to get a good hand no matter what you draw. Exactly. <laughs> okay, at number seven, this was tough. The next two were, were really tough for me. But at number seven, I have... The Rise of Skywalker. Oh, wow. And I have it there. It would be redundant to say this kind of the same thing. I have it there because in terms of rewatchability, a, a film that I am drawn to sit down and watch again, it just, that's kind of where it sits. If you guys want to watch it right now, if you want to do like a, one of those stream watch things, I'm down. Let's watch <laughs> it. But that's kind of where it lives. I think the story is perfect. I just think that there were certain things about it that my thing is, as I go up the list, I think these films get executed better and better and better. Yeah, fewer and fewer of the eh, yeah, moments. Exactly, exactly. Um, so that's my number seven, The Rise of Skywalker. And at number six, and again, I had to, the weight of The Rise of Skywalker and being the finale and then my desire to watch this movie all the time really was hard for me because I feel like one is so important and the other one is just so awesome, but awesome one. So at number six, I have Solo. Oh, word. I love watching Solo. It's a fun-ass movie, man. I will put it on all the time. I love all the Easter eggs. I love Donald Glover. From the first moment I sat down in the theater to see that film and you heard his voice for the first time when you kind of knew, we're, okay, here, this scene is coming, Lando's coming, it still rips. The movie rips, dude. I, I think even I, when it came out, had my, like, well, that's not Harrison Ford <laughs> vibe in my brain. So dumb. It's such a good movie. Yeah. Make Solo 2 happen. Hashtag make Solo 2 happen. Preach. All right, Nick Gambarian. All right, I'm ready. <laughs> A little accent uh, there. Nick <laughs> Gambarian. Gambarian. <laughs> Gambarian from Long Island. What's the next three? The next three. I feel like we're all in the same ballpark with this one, but at number eight, I have The Last Jedi. I enjoy that movie. I enjoy moments of that movie. There's some things that I don't enjoy. And just in retrospect of the entire sequel trilogy, 
it now seems the most like sore thumb. You know, Force Awakens and Rise of Skywalker seem cohesive to me and Last Jedi sticks out. In terms of cohesion, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Don't you think that's mostly because of those few sequences, you know, like those few yeah. things that just were like squares and, and you know, or, yeah. or like square pegs. What, what, what's the term? Like a square yeah. peg in a circle, you know, otherwise, yeah. man. Filmmaking wise, I think it's great. I think Ryan Johnson's a hell of a writer and director, and I really do hope that Lucasfilm Still gives him his trilogy because I think that he's going to expand the universe and we'll be really happy with it. Agreed. But I, I kind of feel like, you know, he, he took some chances, but I like that movie a lot. I mean, I love all of these movies. I'm going to say that as much as possible just so <laughs> so no one thinks these are worse so than get in best. trouble? Yeah. Right. Knock, knock. But, uh, stormtroopers. I know. <laughs> At number seven, an excellent, excellent movie, and I love it. Rogue One. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, it, just, it makes sense to me. I would not move it up. Maybe I would move it up to number six, where The Force Awakens is. That's my eight, seven, and six. The Last Jedi, Rogue One, and The Force Awakens. All right. For me, The Force Awakens still has that, like, you remember watching it in 2015 and rewatching it a thousand times in 2016, that glimmer of hope. Yeah. You know, like, what is happening again? Like, although it was only, you know, four, you know, five years ago, whatever, it has that nostalgic sense because it's Star Wars of, oh, I remember 2015. I remember 2016. It kicked it off again. Yeah. yeah. And I, I love that feeling of Star Wars is back, baby. And yeah. We, Hell yeah. And you get to talk with your friends about it and, and theorize and all this stuff. So I could still throw Force Awakens on and feel that glimmer of hope even though the sequel trilogy is completed now force awakens has like a tentpole mark in my life as like remember falling in love with star wars again force awakens for sure will be that so the last jedi number eight rogue one number seven force awakens number six for me dope amy i've only seen rogue one once and that was right when it came out that might have to i mean i i I don't it's excellent and i it was good. i, I, I yeah, think it's just... when it comes to star wars in particular i think i like the magical lightsabers in the force more than i like war yes. i think rogue one is amazing and if there could be like a branch of star wars that goes off into like the war part of star wars i'd be all about it but i think magical mystical force lightsabers i think that's what draws me in the magical mystery tour come for the lightsabers stay for the wars <laughs> All right, Amy, you're... Um, okay, so then I'm st- I'm going to say... So I'm at... 876. <laughs> But he, <laughs> it's like a Seinfeld he, character, the movie. Talk. Yeah, no, totally. I have to have like a shield now. Like he, I can't bother him. But. Friends episode, the one with the movie talker. <laughs> yes, I am that one. So he, when we walk out after seeing a Star Wars movie, because we try to see it with him, I'm just so happy that I just experienced another one. And it's exciting to me. And I love to stay till the end. And I love to read the credits and see people that I used to work with. And it, all that stuff makes me happy. And he goes off to another place. He's a nerd like us. He's theorizing what what every person who ever wrote anything that had to do with Star Wars is with that film. Which is okay. That's what it's it's layered. That's why we love it. We thought we might have a podcast, you know? Right. (laughs) All right. So number eight for me is Solo. And 
again, I am like the biggest hashtag make solo two happen tweeter. It's going to be so good when they do it because they're going to do it. I'm about it, but that's where it sits in this ranking. Number seven for me is Revenge of the Sith, which I love. It was actually number two for me when it came out. Like that opening day when I saw it three times within 24 hours, it was up there. I was so stoked, like just so stoked to be sad. It was like the best bummer movie I'd ever seen. It was sad. But it has since moved down because other movies happened. Number six for me is Rogue One, Dead Center. Love it as well. But the top five force it down to number six. That's really all it comes down to. This is hard. I love the damn movie. Love it so much, but steep competition. We're like grading between A plus all the way down to A. That's yeah. right. So that's There's no A minus here. <laughs> Did you get a 1600 or a 1591 yeah. on your SAT? <laughs> so we're moving into what? What? Three, four, five? Five, four, three? Uh, yep. Five, four, three. Okay. William Ryan Key. Five, four, three. <laughs> now let's see. <laughs> okay. Your next three movies. When's your album drop? What will they be? comes out on saturday um okay number five for me is another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. The Force Awakens. Whoa. It's in the top five, rounding it out because I feel strongly about the four above it, but I love The Force Awakens. It's a memory seeing it for the first time. Amy, so The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, Rogue One, and The Rise of Skywalker all came out within like three days of my birthday. Oh. So, so every year for the past five years has been like, it's my birthday. I'm getting all my friends and family together and we're going to experience Star Wars. Oh, so that's pretty cool. In 2015, I just, man, I, I mean, I was so excited to see the film. And I don't think I've ever had my expectations met so well. Walking into the theater so excited, yeah. nervous, what are they going to do with this? Yeah. And leaving the theater with just tears rolling down my face of the joy tears, though, you know, like, Aww. like I was so happy yeah. at the experience cool. I just had. And when I watch it now, it feels that way. Like Han and Ray meeting each other, like that whole his kind of like patriarchal role to her. Yeah. The reunion of Han and Leia. I mean, there's just so much in that movie. I know, that was emotional. Yeah, it's just magical. It's just magical. And I think the idea that the force is at the forefront of the film and the story, it's so much at the forefront. It's such a- It's in the title. It's in the title, yeah. (laughs) You know, the film is so much about the teachings of the force and believing in the force that Han used to be a skeptic and he's telling these young, new characters that it's all real. You better believe it. It was kind of his speech, you know? You have hooligans, you better believe it, you know? So it's like, <laughs> I love the movie, but it does have to come in at number five because number four for me is Rogue One. That's your jam. I've not been shy on the podcast about it. I don't know why. I don't know what it is. 
were it not for the original trilogy, I mean, it would be argued to be up top towards like one of my favorite movies of all time. It is one of my favorite movies of all time, but I mean, it could be included in the, when someone asks you, what's your favorite movie? You have to say, well, the Star Wars trilogy is out. I can't count that when it's I'm telling you what my, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, Rogue One just still, uh, I would say is possibly the most rewatchable Star Wars film for me. I just go back and watch it all the time. I don't know why. I just love it. Well, dude, they really executed on the game plan to one, give us nostalgia, give yeah. like make a movie for everyone our age and older. For sure. And then two, make like just a sweet modern kind of like war movie. Right. To go right back to the exact time of the original and see it so well executed is magic. I think that's what it is. A lot of it. I remember that feeling of nostalgia again, expectations being shattered. Like I didn't even know that's what I was walking into when I went to see the film. Mm -hmm. You know, you had seen the trailer and teasers. I try not to watch a lot of trailers for any of these movies nowadays, but had no idea it was just going to be like, oh, this is just 1977. Just modernized. It looks the same. It looks, it's, it's just crushing. So I think the nostalgia pulls me back to that movie a lot, but also the performances. I think everyone in that film nailed it. And I think the story is really complex for us, for a Star Wars film that's not based in the, in the main characters, you know, in the Skywalker saga. I think it's a really rich story. And anyways, I'm talking too much for a favorite order list. And then number three is going to be A New Hope for me. Word. Out of the original trilogy, I still will go back and watch A New Hope just as much as I watch the others. It's, it's, it doesn't hold the weight, I think, that we, and we've talked about this, that the others do. Obviously, he was able to make cooler movies when he had more money. So it is what it is. But <laughs> I still watch in, in amazement that they accomplished the things they accomplished at the time that they did. And, you know, the VFX and just how they built something out of nothing with that movie. And, and this whole universe grew and developed from this idea he had. And, and to me, that's what that movie's about. It's his idea. It's the, it's the seed that he planted for all of this. That's what was cool about working there, because I think I got... I got lucky in the sense of being there at the right time where there was a hybrid of the old school model shop guys. Yeah, hell yeah. And then all the, all the obviously all the artists, the CG artists and all that. But it was this mix of kind of old school and new, new school. Yeah. And the sequel trilogy really delivered on that, I think. They used a lot of the old technology for practical effects mm -hmm. hand in hand with the CG. Yeah, the CG was like the maturity of what was going on in the prequels, which isn't recognized as much how much old school practical stuff, like all the giant miniatures, the bigatures that were made. It's crazy. I mean, we had them when I was there, like it was, and then you'd go over to the model shop and um, I still have this little skull. It's in my windowsill in my kitchen, but it's from Gangs of New York, but it was built by one of the guys in the model shop and he gave it to me. It's like this little <laughs> keepsake that I'll have forever, but it was like, what they did was so intricate and it was really cool to see that in person. I can only imagine. Yeah, it was, it was cool. I do uh, often wonder, I feel like the sequel trilogy cemented the fact that Star Wars has a feel and that feel is four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So I wonder in the future, like when they go into the Old Republic or maybe they go into unknown regions, if it's still just going to have that feel or if they'll just expand on it and it feels different, but it's just called Star Wars. Right. Like I feel like that era of how things look and people dress and all this stuff, that kind of late 70s, early 80s, because that's, to me, what the sequel trilogy looks like, too. So, But I think Mandalorian carries that. I, I, and, oh, for sure. And so did Rogue One and Solo. And yeah. I think they're learning that that consistency yeah. lands with fans. Yeah. You know what, though? I've been watching the prequels the past couple of days. And having watched The Clone Wars, even though it's animated, 
the prequels now look less out of place. They yeah. look more cohesive because of all the additional content. Mm-hmm. So like you're saying, it will be really interesting to see in another 20 years what people consider the look of Star Wars to be. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. All right. Coming in at number five, I have Solo. Super fun. Super awesome. Or Apparently 900 uh, Disney Plus shows are coming out about it. Very excited about all 900 of them. (laughs) And then number four, I have The Rise of Skywalker. I think it kind of leans into the funness of Solo. I think it weighs heavy for me because it's an ending. Yeah. Me clinging to the story of the Skywalker saga. There's a lot of things that get wrapped up there. A lot of moments that uh, make me emotional. I like seeing what happens with our girl, Ray? She's great. I love that she's taken the Skywalker name. Sorry, oh, yeah. spoilers. Spoilers for everyone. <laughs> she's taken the Skywalker okay, name. okay. Everyone was all mad about it anyways. <laughs> well, they shouldn't be. It's amazing. I agree. I am I have the word Skywalker tattooed on my wrist because I'm honorary Skywalker also. Aw. <laughs> I think it's a great message and people are just being dumb jerks about Curmudgeons. it. Curmudgeons. Yeah, exactly. You're I correct. I think it's the perfect way to honor the fact that the Skywalkers mean so much to us and she'll be in movies and shows or whatever from here on out and we still get to carry that skywalker name with us even though the skywalkers are all technically gone then number three i have the best star wars movie but it's number three on my list the empire strikes back whoa okay yeah interesting so amy you made the top two (laughs) (laughs) so number five solo number four the rise of skywalker number three the empire strikes back okay amy your turn five four three Okay, I know my top, my one and two. My number five, I would say all, New Hope. Word. Although I'm starting to feel like I need to move Force Awakens down. But yeah, I don't... I love the pressure we have put her under. I know, what am I... <laughs> I know, like, what am I missing? Okay, so I know my one and my two. The stakes are high. So I'm going to say number five, A New Hope. Number four, Solo. Number three, Force Awakens. Okay. Because, like you said, that's what we sat there and waited for, or at least we did, us and our group of friends to go see it. Took my kids. The first time it was the kids and I together. We did Star Wars Celebration that year as a family. It just it, for, There's a lot of reasons that it, it's higher on my list. Yeah. Um, even though at that point I was out of it, and it's like I was a part of another time. You have like a new connection to this part of your life. I appreciate the solo love. The kids probably dig Solo, huh? Because it's like a... It's such an adventure. Mine haven't seen it yet. Really? Ooh. Interesting. That needs to happen. And they haven't seen Rogue One either. But I remember when we saw it in the theater, we said maybe we should wait a little bit for them to see it. Yeah. But then now they'd be fine to see it because that was obviously a a little while ago. That's a fun double feature night right there. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why I wouldn't let them see it. We've let them see everything else. But for whatever reason, we kind of thought it was a little, maybe to wait till they were a little bit older. I mean, my dad took me to see Total Recall when I was like 12. I mean, every everyone does die in it. Yeah. <laughs> These are decisions that myself, Nick, and Adam have not taken upon ourselves to have to make. <laughs> yeah. Kids? Yeah. yeah. Eliminated the option. Yeah. <laughs> and they call you out for everything. Oh, my God. <laughs> Crazy. Well, I would be like. Bro, my mom was in Star Wars, okay? Mic drop. Right. <laughs> That's what I would say if I was your kid. It's funny. When they were in preschool, one of their teachers, Wyatt, my son's name is Wyatt, and he said something to one of them because, oh, she had like R2-D2 on her shirt or something. And he's like, oh, you know, you know, my mom was in Star Wars. And she's like, ha ha. No, that's funny. <laughs> and then she actually came to me at pickup and was like, so I have a question. <laughs> she's like, so your son said, she's like, I, I've now learned not to doubt kids because yeah, she live in like, LA. Usually, she's like, 
if we have a compulsive lying problem, I just want to come to you so we can nip this in the bud. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. They don't really talk about it. The kids don't, they don't mention it. I I don't know. I think that goes with a lot of, uh, I guess we get to say a lot of the people we've interviewed now (laughs) that we've had as guests on the show that are involved in Star Wars. And I know that's what what it's like. I mean, just from, you know, being in a band and people asking you about it all the time and it's your life. So it's not as spectacular as it may be for, you know, for our Star Wars podcast brains thinking, oh yeah, I was just, you know, I did the thing. That's what I did. Yeah. And like, it doesn't mean that it doesn't hold weight for you. It's because I oh, think yeah. that oh in, in the band, like it's when people ask me, so it doesn't mean it's not important or like super meaningful. And it's the reason I get to have a job and make music. Yeah. But I think, you know, in your mind, you're like, my my brain would have exploded out of my ears if my mom was in Star Wars. And it's like, well, probably not, actually. It'd probably just yeah. be like, yeah, that's what my mom did this thing. They're like, no, she just really stays home and yells at us a lot. <laughs> like, yeah, that really- lady from Star Wars makes me clean my room. Oh, yeah. Doesn't let I mean- me have what I want when we're at Target. Yeah, it's a whole other ball game, especially now. Parenting them in this time, it's like holy good luck. Cow. Godspeed. <laughs> May the force be with you. Yeah, I know. This is the force. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, just for everyone listening, Amy held up a glass of wine and said, "This is the force." <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> Sorry. Oh no. <laughs> just as Adam held up his spritzer. Yeah, I'm having moscato is, uh, this time. There's for sure a parallel here to like just because you're in Star Wars doesn't mean you have to be like a massive, massive, like super nerd about it. There's a parallel to being like, oh, Adam, story of the year isn't your favorite band. The band you're in isn't the same. Your favorite <laughs> for band. Sure, it's like, for sure. Right? It's like people are shocked. Like, what's your favorite record? I'm like, I mean, I have two records that I like above the rest of Bayside's records, but I'm not listening to them. <laughs> like, right. I'm not like, you know what I want to hear yeah. today? Me. I know. Well, believe me, Hoobastank gets a lot of like, I've heard some things that are not nice and Chris deals with it. This is totally off track, but he deals with it and it doesn't bother him. But people can be mean too. Yeah, absolutely. The default setting on the internet is mean. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. right. So my, my top five, again, I love them all. So number five for me is The Rise of Skywalker. I love this movie so much, like so much. I will bare knuckle fight anyone in the street over whether or not this is a great movie because it is. It is. I love it. It is. Uh, But it's number five. And that puts Return of the Jedi at number four, another film that I love. And that's like for my childhood, that was always the one that was kind of my favorite. But again, we're ranking. We have to do it. That's number four. Number three is actually the one I've probably seen the most times just because it we had it on VHS the longest when I was a kid, is A New Hope. Number three. I haven't been following closely enough to actually, and I've had a couple glasses of wine, so I don't know what two and one are, even though you've already listed the other nine. <laughs> yeah. I won't say anything else then. Okay. <laughs> I'm keeping all mine short. Yeah, sorry. Sorry for blabbing all night. It's the wine, I guess. <laughs> all right, Ryan Key, back to you. Back to you, Bill. <laughs> Young Billy. All right. Runner up for the exact same reason. Not Well, other than it also just being an incredible two hours of your life every single time you watch it. Because as a child, it's the one that most of my going outside and playing Star Wars, that kind of stuff, was was inspired by this film. And it's because it's the one that came out when I was three, to be fair, but... It's the first one that we, I think, at our age, were able to kind of really comprehend more of what was going on. We saw it in real time, you know, from that age three to five. Like, 
it was the newest one. And so Return of the Jedi is number two is my my runner up. Obviously, the end of that, the, the, the final act of that film is is all time Star Wars. It's a know? true fairy tale ending. Yeah. So it's triumphant. What happens in that one again? <laughs> <laughs> the scene with Luke and Anakin is still just so epic. And I still also enjoy watching the despecialized versions on my Dropbox. <laughs> all right. So numero uno. Number one. Big secret here. <laughs> the Empire Strikes Back. There it is. Good. It's a good movie. It's the one, so it's number one. I've heard that's a good movie. <laughs> I mean, what have I not said about Empire Strikes Back uh, in exactly, the previous yeah. 25 episodes of this show? <laughs> Literally in the movie, The Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> that's what they yeah. do. <laughs> yep. The synopsis is the actual title. Yeah, spoiler. There we go. Nicholas. So me. Here we go. And I did this way before Amy was on the show. <laughs> this list existed way before. Actually, on June 30th is when I put this list together. Oh, wow. Number two, Revenge of the Sith. Nice. Wow. An excellent movie. I love it. I love the weight it brings to all the movies. Getting to see. I'm so fired from the Star Wars community after this. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's okay. It's your band, though, Amy. It's like you don't have to love your own first album. Yeah. The weight of it was not necessarily lost on me, but I did not appreciate it until I really, really just dove into Star Wars as an adult in my mid-30s as much as I did as like a 10-year-old kid or whatever. You know, and I've said this before, when Disney bought Lucasfilm and just said, we're getting Star Wars forever, I was like, all right, well, I'm back. I'm I'm back in. I'm, I yeah. subscribe. I'm going to hit that like button on Star Wars. <laughs> so like I, Revenge of the Sith, just again, I'm sorry to repeat other points, but Amy hasn't heard this yet. Revenge of the Sith became what it became to me and super important because of the Clone Wars. Yeah. And, and the Clone Wars series, right. you know, really just added depth to all of the prequels. But Revenge of the Sith to me, just really the, the beats that it had to hit to make Darth Vader happen. You saw them coming, but I still think that they held a lot of weight and were really done well. And then uh, number one, again, no secret, because I said it on the Return of the Jedi pod with uh, when Ashley Eckstein was here. Uh, oh, Return of the Jedi. Oh, you said Ashley. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's cool. Uh, not too long ago, a couple episodes ago. But um, Return of the Jedi, just because I think it's the ultimate form of nostalgia for me. That's what I watched the most when I was a kid. It's yeah. my boy Luke doing what he had to do. It's also just the most fun, I would say, out of the original trilogy. Luke Skywalker was my first hero because of that movie, for sure. So Return of the Jedi is number one. That's awesome. Excellent. So we're down to two and one, right? Yep. 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 Yeah. So I'm opposite of Ryan. I'm Empire, then same, Return of the Jedi. Nice. Awesome. That's probably what we watched the most. Like, if I'm going to sit down with my son and watch it, it's that one. Yeah. So it's like taking the two of the original combined with going back to 2015 and seeing it and starting over with him, Mm -hmm. minus the fact that I was super fortunate to be in the ones that I was in. But I like these because it brought back a different feeling. Yeah. It's a tough call. Yeah. Tough call. For me, between those two, which I think are the obvious one and two, no shade on anyone who doesn't choose them as their number one and two, but Yoda is the deciding factor for me in that. Yoda's role in Empire still it's like what I'm most excited to watch. When I think like I want to go watch Star Wars, I want to watch Empire so I can watch and listen to the teachings of Yoda. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, this is like a, a precarious list to make. Yeah. Hard. Yeah. It's choosing your favorite kid. Yeah, fully. Yeah, that's a tough one. All right. So my runner up is The Force Awakens. I love that. Huh. It's number two. 
like many things that everyone has said so far in this episode, it really reignited everything. I think it was a beautiful, perfect reintroduction to Star Wars. Enough of what we all as older fans knew and loved about it and enough fresh stuff to make it fresh. Uh-huh. And it really is just the hero's journey for a new generation. And I'm a sucker for the hero's journey. And I love Rey as a character. I love Kylo Ren. Ben Solo as a character. Watching Harrison Ford just deliver the most incredible, heart-wrenching performance as he's murdered by his son is... <laughs> Oh, man. Like, I just have goosebumps everywhere. It was so yeah. incredible. And I'm such a J.J. Abrams super fan as well. So it checked all the boxes for me and really reignited everything. And that's why it goes in the number two spot. Right behind one of the greatest movies of all time, made by anyone, made by one of the greatest screenwriters of all time, of course, The Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> Split decision. Yeah, we're two and two. I love that. Uh-huh. I can't think of a film that ends so ambiguous and dark that is also so fun and triumphant no matter how old you are like even as a kid i loved it i was scared by it i wasn't stoked at the end like you are at the end of you know a new hope or something else like that but i always loved it it's brilliant how they do those and we talked about this in the episode those three kind of big set pieces you've got the space battles you've got the white stark landscape of hoth and then you have the green lush humid gig butt sweating in the butt crack <laughs> Dagobah set you know those like three set pieces or um or uh, locations are so distinct and as a kid it's just so easy to play Hoth outside during the winter or play Dagobah if you're in the woods you know or whatever man it's just so good we could talk about it for two and a half hours and we did and you should listen to that episode <laughs> <laughs> also Cloud City is the other big set piece so right. I mean I was gonna say that you mentioned how tragic the ending is but how fun it still was as a kid right watching it and i think if you, if you look back on the film how many new things there were mm -hmm. small little things like lando's head of security lobot the guy with like the half droid head thing you know that guy played a very small role in the film and didn't have a line but it's a vivid memory <laughs> Amy raises her hand. <laughs> same though, same. It's a, you know, your role in those films is very vivid and it's something you remember and is stuck. It's burned in your, in your memory. Or somebody like Boba Fett who spawns an entire. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. That, we, we talked about the concept that a 45 second scene in the empire strikes back spawn bounty hunting an entire yeah. world of star Wars that wasn't there before and has now lasted four decades later into original series. It's crazy. And Empire has a lot of that if you really go and look at it. Like you said, Adam, there's so many different environments. As a kid, you were like, let's play Cloud City. Let's play the, you know, the droids blowing up scene. Let's play Hoth. Let's let's play training on, on Dagobah. The world building in that movie is incredible. Yeah, it, it inspires a lot. Yeah. That's the other cool thing like about doing, like being a part of it. Because you, you kind of, I slipped into the world of the conventions pretty quickly and started meeting all these old school people, but like meeting like Jeremy Bullock. He's one of the nicest, kindest people ever and is way with people like these kids that wait in line to meet him because of who he is. You think he had enormous impact. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. So have you, uh, well, I know that you are an action figure. Do you own any of your own action figures? Yeah, I have boxes of stuff I've collected over the years. I started putting together, should have been more vigilant, but I was young when I started going around and doing all these conventions, mm -hmm. the fan art that you receive. Oh, yeah. My mom actually has a, a room, like an art room in her house where she does all her sort of stuff. And she has this beautiful 
picture that somebody did. Like I've kept a lot of it and put it in like plastic, um, those things in your notebooks. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like sleeves. Little... Just a plastic sleeve. Yeah. Sleeves. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> sleeves. So I ha- I've, I've kept a lot of stuff because I've been to Japan quite a few times and I mean, the things that... Where Hoobastank still crushes, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I know. But the Japanese fans are unbelievable. I mean, they really go all out. One of them built me, it's at my mom's house, a giant Ala Sakura action figure. And I keep everything. It's all, it's all put away. At one point, I went over to Gentle Giant back in the day, and they did like a scan. So I have this really cool Ala Secura bust. Nice. Is it one of a kind or did they wind up making them? I have a box of them. Oh, awesome. Oh, sick. They're beautiful. Like I have a lot of cool stuff. I actually was thinking I need to take it down and kind of do inventory. And there's maybe three action figures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's a, some cool stuff. You were talking about Japan having a small travel ban cry over here. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Oh. Fan-wise, it's just crazy. How amazing they are. They are. I went with, um, you guys probably know who Matt Wood is. He does, he's the voice of Grievous. Dope. He yeah, works yeah. at, um, not the coughing of Grievous. <laughs> We've learned. <laughs> he works at Skywalker Sound. He's, and he and I went to Japan together. His dad actually came with us. We had the best time. We had taken the bullet train somewhere. I can't remember the name, but a guy pulls up to this toy store and he, he had R2D2 built into his passenger seat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere he went, he drove around with his, his guy, like just his, his companion in, in his passenger seat, which was like their dedication is, it's pretty special. Yeah. Best fans in the world. For sure. They are. Yeah, for sure. How's your algorithm over there, Adam? I'm tallying the score. You're doing math right now? Math. <laughs> I am mathing. Okay. I have the scores. Coming up from the bottom, number 11, actually tied The Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. So tied for 11, tied for 10. There was a couple of split decisions in the same slot, so it's cool. Next, actually, surprisingly, The Last Jedi. Mm. Wow. Second to last, huh? Yeah. We still love it. We still love it. That would be nine, I guess, yeah. Number eight, Revenge of the Sith. Number seven, Rogue One. Criminal. It's really tight coming up from the bottom. Number six, Solo. Proper. I think that's where that should land. Number five. The Rise of Skywalker. Number four, A New Hope. Number three, The Force Awakens. The runner-up, number two, Return of the Jedi. And of course, the winner, The Empire Strikes Back. I feel good about that. It's unanimous. Final tally. That's great. Balanced. It's pretty, yeah, I mean, well balanced. I'm going to the grave that Rogue One is just criminally underrated. But, you know, someday you guys are going to be like, dude, <laughs> shut up about it. It's an A. It's an A. It's not an A plus. It's an A. <laughs> yeah. Ninety-seven, right? Because you yeah, got ninety-eight. Yeah. It's an A plus. On Nick Tomatoes, it's a ninety-seven. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's funny. That was awesome. Can we do a fun thing really quickly, and then I'll read a quote, and then we'll let you go. Yeah. The major weapons test is imminent. Test ninety-four. You may fire when ready. Welcome to Test Bay 94. We're nerds. Either or's favorite things and would you rather? Either or. Old Yoda or Baby Yoda? Oh. You must choose. Old Yoda. <laughs> and we know, I, we know we're calling him Baby Yoda, but he's not really Baby Yoda. But uh, Old Yoda it is. Even though I love 
the child. I'm, I'm with you. Jury's out. I mean, I love him, the but the jury's Yoda out. is pretty cute, but he's the cutest thing that has ever existed. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Human babies are garbage compared and to him. And he's like little baby carrier too. Like the bassinet. <laughs> yeah. The, <laughs> how soon? Yeah. Someone's going to have that made. That's going to be like the new for ba- people having babies. They're going to have like the baby Yoda. Yeah. Just like just, a stroller. <laughs> They're going to make hoverboards. Yeah. F that noise. <laughs> this is the tech we need for that. Float the baby. <laughs> All right, favorite things. Favorite species in Star Wars, non-humanoid. So Chewie would count, Ewoks count, of course. Cre- yeah, like a creature. I was going to say, my I, shoot, uh, trying to think of someone I know, like one of my friends, like someone who's like a, but they're all, we're all human-ish. Yeah. I think like one of the kids love, that you're like, oh, I love Yoda. that. They love Yoda. Yoda's mystery species, whatever that is. I ain't mad about that choice. That's a good pick. And my kids love Ewoks, I mean. As they should. All right, would you rather be confronted by, at your front door, here comes Samuel L. Jackson, the characters he plays, either Mace Windu is at your door with his lightsaber uh-huh. saying, like, this party's over, or <laughs> Jules Winfield from Pulp Fiction. <laughs> English, motherfucker, do you speak it? Yes. If you got to f- with one of them and they're going to show up and you got to deal with them, who would you rather? Mace, at my door. You'd rather deal with Mace. I think I would agree. Yes. Yeah. There's at least a chance that you won't get your brains blown out. Yeah, I think totally. You can talk like about I'm not going. Yeah, I'm not going. He's also not going to eat your burger and drink your Sprite. Right. <laughs> I'll stick with the Star Wars peeps. Mmm. This is a tasty burger. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good times. I know. Yeah, that was awesome. Thanks for having me. This is Thank you so much for being here. I'm happy to join you guys anytime. Anytime I can go lock myself away for a couple hours is like <laughs> a beautiful thing. Sweet. We're I happy love to it. be your adult daycare anytime. It's really fun. Really, really fun. Good stuff. There we go. Nick, if we need other revenue streams, the three of us could look into adult daycare. You know, like, hey, yeah. you tell your husband or wife that you got to hang out with us. Amy, you're in, so you don't get charged. But now that we know it's a thing, we could start like an hourly rate. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you grandfathered into the introductory Fun price. hangs that sound important. You pay us a little bit and you don't have to take care of your kids for a couple hours. I love it. Thank you. And it's actually, it's really fun because I don't talk about it like so much anymore. And it's fun to delve back into Star Wars and especially just all the cool experiences I had over the years because i you forget about it sometimes especially now we're focused on all this other stuff that we're focused on the apocalypse right now (laughs) yeah it's distracting that's why michelle and i have been talking so much because she's home obviously too but we've been going back and forth and sending each other pictures of just fun things we used to do and all our crazy stories traveling around in cars with kenny baker (laughs) these things that we're like can you believe we were we would just like get picked up at the airport and just ride around with R2-D2 and then go sit at a bar with them. And that was our life. Like it was, it's funny. That's amazing. It's, it's cool. Yeah. It's yeah. Very cool. Fun stuff. So it's, it's really actually a nice thing to talk about because it's, it's been a long time. So thank you. Well, we're happy to have walked you down memory lane. <laughs> it's also a reminder for me to watch all this stuff with my kids. Again. I was going to say that yeah. the, my biggest takeaway from this is I want to go watch the rise of Skywalker right now. We have to watch, I wanna go stuff. watch that one. Yeah. Cause I feel like where it was on my list, I'm like, ah, no, I want to get excited by that movie again. I haven't watched it in a while. I think if I go watch it right now, I'm going to be like popcorn. Just yeah, yeah, <laughs> give you it. Top up the nostalgia tank. Yeah, Peepaw Shiv. Let's go. That's fine. Peepaw. <laughs> All right. 
do you have anything um, you want to plug right now? Are you doing anything that we should check out? Or are you still debating on whether or not to dip your toes into no. other stuff? All my friends are like, you're lame. You need to have an Instagram and you need to be on social media. And you, you know need what? to be posting Amy, every week a cool picture of... You know what you need to be doing and you're doing a great job is directing the front yard cul-de-sac Woodland <laughs> Hills performance of Hamilton. Yes. You're killing yes. it. Totally. They need to switch out a cast every once in a while. You can't so. go see the real thing right now. So everybody, nine-year-olds performing Hamilton in a cul-de-sac in Woodland Hills. It's pretty funny. <laughs> Good times. But yeah, I've I've been sort of leaning towards, I think I could probably get maybe some pretty good traction if I did something with Ayla Sakura on Instagram. For sure. Do it. We'll all go do cons together. That'll be yeah. great. Just remember, if anyone says anything bad, they're wrong. <laughs> yeah. Don't answer. It's a real mindset shift on social media when you decide to only yeah. engage the positive energy. It's yep. very yep. hard right. to do. But when you fully commit, it's a game changer. Absolutely. Right. There's always going to be people that say stuff that's whatever, not, not nice. And Well, speaking of, if you're looking for the podcast on social media, you can find us on Instagram at ThankTheMakerPod, on Twitter at ThankTheMaker1. My personal social media stuff is all at Adam the Skull. I'm everywhere on the interwebs at William Ryan Key. And I'm at Nick Bayside on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, you could find me tomorrow on the Star Wars Book Club. Hell yeah. Which is on, uh, you know, StarWars.com on the YouTube. No big deal. Stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> we had a great time breaking down the first Thrawn novel, which is uh, an excellent character. Also, skin colored blue. But different humanoid. Different blue. It's a lot of fun. I'm actually excited to see it. I haven't seen a second of it since we filmed it. Star Wars Book Club, which I think lives on YouTube and probably StarWars.com. We could all watch that together tomorrow. Sweet. That's exciting as hell. <laughs> if you want to back the podcast, if you want to support us in any way, you can go to Patreon.com slash ThankTheMakerPod. Get involved in the AMAs, vote on things, and just generally help us keep this thing up and running. We should close with a quote, though. We blew it last time and didn't do a quote of the week, so I have a good one, actually. This person is speaking about George Lucas here, and he said, I saw him a couple weeks before he left to shoot The Phantom Menace, and the first remark he made was, hey, do you want to write The Phantom Menace? I asked, aren't you starting to shoot it? Yeah, he said, but it'd be great if you took a second pass at it. For George, the movie is always bigger than the script. That was Lawrence Kasdan. Wow. I love him. Literally on his way to just go shoot the damn thing. Like, you want to take a shot at it? Just ride it? That's crazy. (laughs) Wow. Cool. Pretty sweet. Well, Amy, again, thank you so much for being here. Everyone, thanks for listening. Thanks for having me, you guys. Thank you. I appreciate it. And until next time, may the force be with you. Bye.